0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and it's great to have you with us. Today is one week since our midterm elections, and NBC News was the first network to report the Republican Party had won the House of Representatives, and by a whopping 220, to 215 seats. That's with a 99.5% certainty if NBC's confidence in their reporting is of concern to you, and why shouldn't it be? Our confidence in the reporting of every corporate media outlet in the country should command skepticism about all that they are doing. Back to the Republican Party's slim majority in the 118th Congress, 220 to 215. It looks like the majority in the House of Representatives will be the smallest margin of victory, five seats, since the 72nd Congress was elected back in 1930, a two-seat margin back then. The historically smallest margin of victory resulted from the election of 1916, one seat in the 65th Congress. And just for your interest and the record book, This slim margin of victory for the Republicans this year means that Republicans hold the record for the largest number of smallest congressional margins in history. Three elections, 1916, 1930, and now 2022. I think I should point out that I attach absolutely no significance to the fact that in the two early margins of victory, they were preceded by one year and 11 years the entry of the United States into world wars. I have absolutely no idea what 2020 means or what will follow the election. But what is it they say about houses divided? Ominous, I think. Ominous. And the Republicans seem as divided as the Republican-led House of Representatives and the Dim led Senate that go into session on January 3rd of next year. Think of it a five-vote margin in the 435-member Congress, and what is a one-seat margin in the 100-member Senate as the country awaits a December 6 runoff in the Georgia Senate race. Talk about close. Talk about a nation divided. Well, let's talk now about the election that produced these slim margins of victory and an almost equal divide between Republicans and Democrats in both the Senate and the House. For Republicans, this election was a tremendous disappointment, from what was supposed to be a red wave, even a tsunami, to what is only razor-thin control of the House, and no change in the Senate. So what happened? We'll be asking that a lot as the days go on. What happened? Our guest today is leading conservative attorney Kurt Olson. He represents, among others, President Trump and Mike Lindell. And it's good to have you back with us on the Great America Show, Kurt. Think of the billions and billions of dollars spent on this most important midterm election in a very long time to produce this puny difference in the outcome. Your thoughts?
0: Well, I think what you're seeing is kind of the the normalization of chaos in our election process now. I mean, everywhere across the country, you're seeing examples of tabulators all of a sudden breaking down. And what that means is people are told, and in this case, for example, in Maricopa County, uh, about 20 to 30% of the tabulators broke. And so mainly Republicans, who everybody knew were going to show up on Election Day, were told, well, we'll take your ballot, put it over here in this bin, and we'll count it later. Drawers so, number three. And exactly. And that's just one example. There are many other examples that we can get into a bit later. But in terms of the, the uh, lack of a red wave uh, or, or suppose that I don't think that's the case. I think there was a red wave. I think what you're seeing is two things. One, that there was massive cheating in this election. And there is clear evidence of it, which we can discuss a little bit uh, in a few minutes. But also, I think it's a narrative that is being put out there. And so there was this buildup prior to the election of an impending red wave, and you saw even Gavin Newsom talking about it, and then CNN putting out polls about 75% dissatisfaction with the country and, and everything uh, along that score, which would all indicate, you know, that, uh, that a red wave was coming. But now, there has been a complete media narrative to try to blame the lack of a red wave, which I think was built up somewhat to blame president trump and so people are coming out of the woodwork a lot of the the rhino establishment, yeah whether it's paul ryan, uh, whether it's you know many others within within the Republican establishment trying to pin the blame on trump and it's this cacophony in the media, and it's 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 almost like you know, like a PSYOP, it's like everywhere you turn, when you, when, you, when you see newscasters, and I'm sure you've seen the montage, where they're all repeating the same message, and you know, whether it's you know, a threat to our democracy, you know, or, but it's, it's all trying to diminish President Trump and to pin the blame on him. Whereas President Trump would say, well, I had a 94% success rate in terms of the candidates that I endorsed were reelected or were elected. And so there's a disconnect there. So I see a, a, a shaping of the media narrative to blame President Trump. But I also see that there was a, a, a much a, there, there was a, a high degree of of uh, irregularities and cheating in this election. Yeah.
1: Yeah. On the, on and we're this, watching
0: it, for example, in Arizona.
1: Yeah. I the when you talked about the tabulators not working, my, my thoughts immediately went to Scottsdale and. All of the environs that are heavily, heavily Republican and which one would have expected. And certainly, I think the Republicans in Arizona uh, definitely expected to see a higher performance. You mentioned PSYOPs. And I I just want to say on this show, I I talk about very straightforwardly uh, disinformation. This is a disinformation campaign originated by our government. Uh, We have uh, the narratives and the shaping of narratives as you were expressing it, and I think you're right, but the reality is that we have no greater source of disinformation, whether it be Russia, whether it be China, uh, Iran, you name it, there is no source, and I don't believe cumulatively uh, there is as great a source as our own government feeding absolute bull crap to the American people and running a, a psyops uh, <laughs> weekly as well as a constant disinformation campaign against us. Do you agree? I mean, I think a perfect example to take it away from the election
0: process. I mean, let's look at Ukraine. And when Russia invaded Ukraine in February of this year, across the board, there was, it was almost like standing you know, in a wind tunnel. I mean, everywhere you turned, It was the narrative was you know Putin is crazy or he's evil the next coming of Hitler and there was no room for you know logical analysis like why did NATO not agree to say Ukraine would not become part of NATO why why was the U.S. constantly pushing this so there was there was very little thoughtful discussion about Ukraine it was all one-sided it was huge volume and no matter which side you stand on, on Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine and the reasons for it, whether they're legitimate or whether they're not, or whether there's, you know, a mixed bag on that, at least you would think in the news there would be some balance in terms of the analysis. I mean, you always want to hear what the other side is. And there was a total absence of that. And if anybody even raised their head to say, well, maybe that narrative isn't quite, you know, right, Immediately, they were accused of being a Putin apologist or a Russia apologist. And, 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 and I think the you know the only voice that I saw on the news that, that had any kind of uh, balanced approach or an alternative approach was Tucker, for the most part, in terms of the mainstream media. But it, it, what struck me was the sheer volume of information, the singular message. And you see the same thing now, as I said, with Trying to blame uh, the 2022 midterm election, the disappointing uh, outcome there, apparently, uh, on President Trump. It's the, it's it's the shaping yeah. of public opinion through social media and the news.
1: Yeah, we take that as a given on this show. I mean, we really do. Our audience understands uh, all of that, uh, and uh, and frankly, no, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast pays much attention to. Mainstream media or cable news because they know what it is uh, and what their purpose is. Uh, and and you know, going to your point earlier about suddenly, you know, uh, Bill Daly, uh, for crying out loud, a commerce secretary uh, for, uh, uh, for Obama, comes out on the Sunday shows uh, with him, Judd Gregg, uh, former, uh, you know, erstwhile and constant establishment Republican rhino. Uh, And they finally, they have come to the conclusion, Kurt, that, you know, uh, President Obama won't be the nominee in 2024. This has become now the talking point of the left, uh, the Marxist Dems and the rhino Republicans. Uh, And there is there's no escaping it. Uh, What has he to do with any of it? Nothing in point of fact. Uh, but he is uh, still the target because they fear him most. They are scared to death of Donald Trump because he has a proven record as president of the United States in which he accomplished more than any president in modern history. And furthermore, he kept his promises. And thirdly, he is a mean tweeter. Uh, This is, and by the way, I wish the president would just calm down and pick fights uh, uh, far better. I don't care about his mean tweets. Uh, what I'm talking about is let's right now, this is a time to bring, as you said, rationality to the political process. This is a time not to go out and just pick a fight for the hell of it, uh, which he loves to do. Uh, he's a counter puncher, but he's also a hell of a puncher. Uh, and I would like to see him slow that down. But I'd also like to see him be the uh, the 47th president of the United States. Uh, your thoughts. Well.
0: I understand that, and, and I think, you know, people react to the president's uh, you know, truth posts or tweets, tweets differently. I can remember back when uh, the president uh, criticized John McCain uh, and said, I, I like my heroes who aren't captured. And, uh, and, and I'm a Naval Academy graduate. Uh, my, my family knew the McCains. I'm, I'm the third of four generations at the Naval Academy. Uh, my father uh, was, was not a fan of John McCain, although I was in the 2000 uh, primary when he was running against uh, George W. Bush. But in, in terms of, I think the focus should be on the, the future in 2024 and perhaps maybe less on Republican infighting, but at the same time, it's very clear to me, and the Conservative Treehouse, that blog has done outstanding analysis on this issue but that the Republican establishment is putting DeSantis forward as an alternative to Trump. It's not just DeSantis who isn't saying anything in terms of whether it was the raid on Mar-a-Lago or the fraudulent elections outside of Florida um, or the lack of of gratitude towards President Trump, who really did get him elected uh, on his first run for governor. He would not uh, have-he would not have won Know, but for President Trump's help.
1: Well, that's true and also so, uh, of Mitch McConnell. It's true of dozens of rhinos, in point of fact. Uh, President Trump probably doesn't want to acknowledge the number of personnel mistakes he's made and uh, misjudgments on, uh, you know, but there's an old saying uh, any one of us, uh, any one of us who does someone a favor had better not expect to do it because we expect to thank you because it usually isn't going to happen, right? Yeah. But I and I would say this about President Trump, as you know, he's not a politician, and
0: so if
1: well, I would argue. I'd argue with him, you, on, <laughs> I, Kurt. I've got to argue with you there. He wasn't a politician. He sure as hell is now. He this man is a politician. Uh, he may not do well, it. He may be an unconventional one, but he sure is a politician. Uh, he's what he's gone through. He's he's learned. Uh, uh, Trump politics is something new, but it's certainly uh, he's certainly a politician. I think.
0: Yeah, let, let me qualify that. He's not a traditional politician. Right. So right. he doesn't play by the, the conventional rules of politics. And when somebody goes after him, I think it's not so much that President Trump is going after DeSantis as it is he's going after those behind DeSantis who are putting him forward as an alternative to mm-hmm. him. And, and, so here, and so because I do think.
1: Let me let me just me? Say, Kurt, here's what I would love to hear. I would love to hear President Trump go after the people he means to go after. Uh, I, I look at Biden as a puppet president. He's working for a cabal of Marxist Dems. I don't think there's any uh, rational uh, uh, other explanation for what this puppet, this impaired president is doing. Uh, just as when you see the alignment between a DeSantis Uh, establishment Republicans and, uh, of course, the Republicans in name only. And when I use that expression, Kurt, I always say, why aren't there dinos, Democrats in name only? Only the Republicans are so blessed with such a group, uh, liberal within their own ranks. Uh, But why not go after the people he means to? Uh, That's Wall Street. That's the Business Roundtable. That's a Chamber of Commerce. Uh, That is Barack Obama and his cabal of Marxist Dems who run this president, uh, this presidency, uh, and this administration. We're watching the third term of Barack Obama. There's no, to me, no. I I don't doubt it for a moment. Uh, And I think that also played out in the election that we just went through. I think that's true. Um,
0: I think it goes far beyond just,
1: a cabal of Marxist
0: Dems. I mean, I do think you know China is heavily involved in this. Um, it is my hope that more will come out uh, regarding uh, Biden's and his family's dealings with China. Uh, that you know, we we know already that the you know the, the laptop from hell, which 51 intelligence professionals you know took out a letter saying this was Russian disinformation before the 2020 election. We now know it's true. And I hope that more and more information comes up and reveals the extent of those dealings, because this is so much of it is it's just in your face.
1: Yeah, but But we've got Kevin McCarthy, we've got Kevin McCarthy, the the leader uh, of the House, uh, the minority leader of the House. He's going ahead with uh, uh, the elections, uh, despite the fact he's got opposition. This man is a rhino. Mitch McConnell is a rhino. Ronald, (laughs) Ronna. Romney McDaniel is a rhino. We have a group of people running the Republican Party who are not aligned with Trump. They're not aligned with traditional Republicanism. They are not conservative. And we've got uh, and we're watching these elected representatives, uh, those who've been uh, elected going along like guppies, rising to the surface of a a clear crystal ball uh, because they're the establishment is feeding them. Uh, They're gutless and uh, principled unprincipled it is ridiculous house and senate leadership elections going forward mitch mcconnell has an eight percent favorability among americans uh and amongst his conference they just do what they're told because that's the way it is Uh, this is madness and the gop uh you know josh Hawley came out and said they ought to just kill the damn thing uh I think that the I think that rank and file members will tell the GOP to go to hell because they've just gone through a midterm in which they were lied to by every rhino in the country. I think that the rhinos
0: likely wanted this outcome because, as you said earlier, they fear President Trump the most. And you know he is an anti-establishment candidate. He is the candidate for the people. He brought this is why his support amongst African Americans and Hispanics is off the charts in terms of Republican uh, support for Republic, uh, Republican, and it's growing. And the the disconnect that you are seeing, and, and really the the, the lack of uh, concern about it. I mean, because. You know, Mitch McConnell, he obviously can read the paper and so can McCarthy and you know, McCarthy gets out there and says, well, we're not going to conduct any investigation of Biden or have any impeachment hearings or anything like that. They're you know, taking these things off the table. That's there's a disconnect there with with what the Republican base and what the Republican you know, uh, rank and file. Absolutely.
1: Wants. But what's and, what's the effect? Not, How are we to affect change here? That's a good question.
0: I think that we are really at a a precipice in our country because norm the normal way to affect change is through elections right but what we're seeing now or that the election process itself is corrupted and it's corrupted in a way that that is really quite obvious, whether it's with you know the mail in vote mail in voting the extension of the the uh, time period to conduct elections, or, or the machines. And we can touch on some of these things that we're finding. The, like I said, the normalization of chaos in the election process, it's difficult to see a path forward when the traditional methods of expressing, you know, the, the power of the people the, through the electoral process, it's not, okay, I, I, it, President Trump has said it's a rigged system and it is. Yeah, I, and, and you and, can you know, overcome
1: and... that. Well, let me just get to this, Kurt, because, I mean, you're bringing up, I think, really important points. Uh, but here we go. Right now, we're this is 2022. The Republican Party, Ronna Ron, uh, Ron McDaniel, I can barely say her name. I get so agitated and uh, frustrated with the fact she's there. You know, she's told everybody that she, the Republicans had a great ground game for the midterm elections, these existential uh, elections. And she lied through her teeth. There's nothing out there, and there is no they had no no answer uh, for uh, Democrats. You can call it cheat. you can call it uh, uh, really smart uh, electioneering, if you want, uh, whatever it, you may call it. Republicans aren't in the game. The Republican Party, the rhinos just keep shoving it right uh, right up our nose. Uh, so you talked about the places where this election was stolen. This is a, t- a time for us to understand what's going on where are the signs of uh, manipulation in our electoral system if you want to talk about the machines sure and and there's not one mechanism so during the election night
0: jeff o'donnell was on frank speech with mike and doing real time analysis of the votes that were being reported through edison that's the new york times feed and these are these are they say they're unofficial but they are official results the, the, the results that are getting transmitted up from the Secretaries of State through the Edison uh, company that does the election night reporting. Right. And they were seeing clear manipulation in terms of injections, what we call the F-curve, where all of a sudden, you know, Herschel Walker and Warnock are very close, and then all of a sudden, 160,000 votes come in, 145,000 of which are maybe 150,000 or for Warnock. And it's just, and it's always the same story. Like, oh, well, this came in from a heavily Republican district. Well, not, not to that degree. And you see these, and, and not only that, he was showing real time how all of a sudden, thousands of ballots were being taken away from one candidate, from Herschel Walker. I mean, that that just doesn't happen. That's just one example. And that's happened repeatedly as people have seen. But there's, there's one issue that I, I would like to touch on, which is very dramatic. And it's a new development that that we haven't seen before. And this is in Dallas County, Texas, if I may.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: So a new system has been introduced uh, at at scale now in the election process. And these are these e-poll books. And these e-poll books are directly connected to the registration system. And what happens is a voter comes in, they check in on the electronic poll book, and then those poll books are connected to a printer. And the specific ballot for that individual, depending on what precinct they're in and so forth, because their local election is then printed out, and then the voter takes that ballot and fills it out, votes, and, and hopefully scans it and, and moves on. Well, in Dallas County, election officials there have come together from 10 different precincts, and there's videotape of this. After the elections closed, they watched, the poll books adding hundreds of votes as having checked in and voted. The the polls are closed. There's nobody in line. (laughs) They're watching on the screen, the numbers that are being tallied up increase in the hundreds on each, and there's 10 poll books at this one precinct location where where the video was taken. And what this indicates, because the poll books are connected to the central voter registration system, that the manipulation is taking place at the voter registration level, and they're simply adding votes. It's extraordinary, and it's on videotape. And hopefully more will be coming out about that uh, in, the, in the very near future. That's just one example. You look at, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the tabulator issues in Arizona and Maricopa, those were tested before the election, before the, the day of election mm-hmm. through the both uh, and, and so they functioned fine. And there are reports of uh, an election official there saying that these machines were programmed to malfunction and to create the very scenario we have here, which is everybody knew that Republican turnout would be heavy on the day of election, and the machines, about 20 to 30 percent of them, somehow malfunction. An extraordinary number.
1: So is anybody going to court here? I mean. Where, I guess if this were 2020 and this were happening, I would be all a, 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 a Twitter uh, about it, to use an expression. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking if the Republican leadership is this stupid in Arizona that they weren't prepared for that, I don't know what to say about that. There's an old expression on Wall Street. There's no protecting the stupid from the shrewd. And I have to tell you, I believe Ronna McDaniel, uh, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are among the dumbest people uh, possibly imaginable to be at the head of the Republican Party. This keeps marching on. And if the Republicans are screwed again uh, in the elections, whose fault is it? We know what the Democrats are, we know what they'll do. But why in the world? I mean, if the Republicans are defenseless against uh, a, <laughs> the, the Marxist dims of the Democratic Party, What are they going to do against the Mexican drug cartels? What are they going to do when they're up against Xi Jinping? What are they going to do when they're up against Vladimir Putin in Europe? I mean, how do you feel if you're a Republican today? Because I am one. And I have to tell you, for the first time in a long time, I'm thinking about not being one. Because if they're going to put rhinos in charge of it, why should I sit here and rail against it as I do every day uh, and see them just keep repeating it. There's gotta be a better way. Uh, there's got to be intelligence brought to the forefront in the Republican party. Surely we have such leaders.
0: Well, maybe those are leaders in waiting because what I think the answer to this is people need to step up. I mean, General Flynn has said, you know, local action equals national impact. And that just doesn't mean by voting. It means people with passion and integrity and honor, no longer just leaving it up to the Mitch McConnells to be the candidate. People need to look in the mirror and decide, okay, I have to do more than just, you know, complain and rail against the system. I need to run. And whether it's a local race or or a, you know, a state race yeah. or a national race, more people coming into it and not just leaving it up to the good old boy network that's in the past and there has to be i think a groundswell and this is how we take back our country because i think the corruption is on both sides of the aisle as evidenced by mitch mcconnell and others within the republican party i think
1: well and, and, and i think that's you, really the only way how do you inspire young people to do to become the the leader of a party to to be, I, I mean, I can't even imagine why a young person right now would want any part of uh, politics, either in the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Uh, what, who is inspiring them? Uh, we had, we had a president who actually did uh, keep his promises, actually did great things uh, for the republic, uh, and he has been just, uh, I, I mean, like piranhas feeding. He's been attacked by the left. Uh, they are aligned with the, the Marxist left globally, the globalist elites. Uh, and, you know, he's not even defended. No one defends him in the Republican Party. Almost no one. But certainly no one in leadership of the Republican Party defends him. Uh, or defended him through. Yeah, the man stands yeah, act, on his own. Are,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we're back to where the, we started. And we've got Carrie Lake, who is going to be the new Trump. She's running a point behind. Uh, right now, uh, yeah. after all of the whatever happened out there, but no one seems to understand. I, I mean, these potential leaders, as you referred to them, uh, they get ground up early because they're not, frankly, either adroit or too naive uh, to do anything about it.
0: I think Lou, it's just a question of numbers, and and it really is. It, it there must be in this country. A great awakening where people step forward and run against the the establishment candidates and take over. So when Josh Hawley says you know to to uh, you know bury the Republican Party and try something new, perhaps I mean, that is one alternative, although you know as you know, you know third third parties traditionally have not done well. Having said that, the other alternative is to reform it from within. And I think that's really what it takes. Getting out and voting is important and it's critical, but also, you know, there needs to be a groundswell of people coming forward as leaders to take positions of responsibility within our government. It cannot be outsourced any longer.
1: And and where I think it starts, I I, I think it really does start with people paying attention to who the leaders are uh, and rejecting leaders who fail. And the Republican Party embraces failure because they maintain the status quo and the status quo is the swamp and all that it divvies up amongst the incompetent and the mediocre and the compromised in both parties. Uh, So we, you know, Donald Trump was trying, but he got eaten alive because he thought he could do it by himself. And he found out that there's a reason they call it politics. You've got to have like-minded people who aggregate and coalesce around principles and ideas and get something done. Oh, I think we're getting there
0: though. Good.
1: Yeah. I I just wanted to say this latest headline, I just looked at uh, gateway pundit, the number of house seats continues to dwindle as GOP leaders remain silent and ignore reality. I want to give my hat. I want to tip my hat. Uh, to Tim and uh, to Jim and Joe Hoft uh, over at the Gateway Pundit. Uh, they're amongst the very few uh, talking about what is really going on. It is. And by the way, this is also Darwinian. Let's be honest. Uh, we're not immune to uh, Darwinism In just because we're a human society. Uh, we are right now we're acting as though we are the, uh, uh, you know, the <laughs> the the chopped up meal. Uh, for, the, uh, for the farm animals that want to, to grow and to get bigger and fatter. We are really, uh, we are a bunch of losers right now, and I don't think most Republicans have the guts to say it. You might as well have an L uh, by their names instead of an R. They're losers because they're not fighters. They haven't got the fire, the, the principle, or the guts in any way to take on all that is before us and all that must intimidate them mightily. Uh, the GOP silence has got to end. There's not enough time here to develop potential leaders until we get rid of these. We've got to move these. We have to move these craven, corrupt, uh, rhino leaders out of the Republican party and do it now. And if they just repeat it, then I'm going to say to you, I'm, I'm not going to be a Republican. If Ronald McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell are in the Republican party, uh, I'm going to think very seriously about getting the hell out because they're not worth our time. They're not worth our energy and and our money because what they're doing is just as damaging to the Republic as what the Dems are doing. Your thoughts. Lou, I think
0: if people like you and others used your platform and your voice and insisted that individuals like Rona McDaniel and Mitch McConnell and other rhinos step down and that, you, you know, to, as I said, to build up a groundswell and to not, to not, uh, to not retreat and, and give up. And I'm not saying you're giving
1: up, but to give. Oh, to I'm give sure so. I'm not voice. going to give up, but I'm not going to give them yeah. the time of day.
0: No, but to, but to use, you know, people like yourself and others to motivate people and to provide a platform to make their voices heard. In some way or fashion, and Mike Lindell can do the same, and others. But to, to call to call them out, and to you know blast their phone lines to you know start campaigns. Uh, there, are, there are many grassroots activists out there who are looking for direction to give them uh, a platform and direction to say, okay, your call to action is Mitch McConnell has to resign. Your call to action is Ronan McDaniel has to resign build up and give people a call to action. And I think, I think that's successful. This is all about engagement. We're witnessing the destruction of our country right now. And that's not an overstatement. These no, elections, no, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, we, we, there, we are witnessing the destruction of our country. This is a classic insurgency. It has been going on for decades and you're seeing I think we are at the the apex of it and the there was no option for in this case the democrats who are controlled and I think the republicans are too the republican establishment that is to allow Trump republicans to take control in the house and or senate and they're trying to stop Trump from running in 2024 because he is a reformer and you know one of it one of the, the really interesting analysis in terms of of elections, and this was done again by the Conservative Treehouse, he noted the difference between campaigning for ballots and campaigning for voters. And because we have moved to mail-in voting, uh, absentee voting, machines, candidates no longer are trying to go out and convince voters. They don't have to. If, if what you had was an election that was on one day with voters
1: showing up, you would have to persuade them. So
0: why
1: do we have to to persuade the Republican Party leadership and organization of what you're saying? Because you're exactly right, but there's no mystery here. There is a lesson here, and that lesson was learned in 2020. Why in the world do we have to sit there and uh, why should we have to lead our leaders? Because the
0: leaders, in this case, I believe, of the Republican establishment is corrupted. They, they are invested in the system that they've created. They benefit from it. I mean, look look at the, the billions of dollars that are being transferred to Ukraine that we just found out now were being recycled back through FTX and uh, the, the uh, crypto trading platform and the uh, the founder of that, Donated supposedly forty million dollars or so to Democrat causes. Well, I'd, I'd be curious to see if any other monies were flowing back to Republican establishment candidates or office holders.
1: Well, I'd like and to so, see this because be more than allegations, we need to know. We have to have evidence, and we have to have this moving into, into court. Uh, you know, right now this is social media speculation. Uh, you know, as as far as I'm concerned, unless you know more than I do about uh, wh- where this is originating from. But that seems to be it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that it's not proved and, uh, and I see no basis to make that determination yet. Uh, I would sure love to see that that uh, report. Uh, by the way, talking about a call to action, uh, let, me, let me share with you uh, what I have already sent out. Republicans must fire McConnell, McDaniel and McCarthy. They should have won big, they lost. Only winners need apply. Voters sick of rhinos, some republicans i said that in response. I tweeted that in response to this. Some Republicans voice support for McConnell's reelection as GOP leader you know that's just out that's just outlandish uh, that some <laughs> would even think of it uh, and anyone who by the way supports McConnell or mcdaniel or McCarthy, i I, I consider to be nothing more than a dupe. Uh, this is the other the other uh. Uh, tweet I should bring to your attention: Save America. GOP leader McCarthy moving ahead with leadership votes tomorrow despite his failed election performance. GOP can't afford loser rhino leaders. Contact your GOP rep and demand they delay the vote. Link to the directory, uh, the congressional directory, uh, and we have that on the uh, tw- on the Twitter and uh, also the Truth Social. Uh, and you'll see there at the b- uh, bottom hand a direct link to the congressional directory to get in touch with your uh, elected representatives. Uh, you get the last word here, Kurt. You've been terrific. I-, I appreciate it so much as always. Thank you, Lou. And and, and I would add, well,
0: why don't you give the contact information for the RNC, both email and phone number, and allow the and, and you know tell the people for a call to action to call up the RNC or to email the RNC. And to flood them with demands that Ronna McDaniel resign because she's an abject failure. She was an abject failure in 2020. She's an abject failure in 2022. She's opposed to the president every step of the way. And she doesn't deserve the position that she has. She doesn't represent the rank and file of the party. She represents the establishment that is at odds with the rank and file. And that's always been the disconnect. But there's no more dangerous time that when we're in now. We we are on the verge of losing our country and people need to step up and they need to be given not only hope but given direction of what they can do to help stop
1: that. Well said. Kurt couldn't agree with you more and I thank you for being here today. I hope you'll come back soon because we got a lot, a lot to talk about and even more to get fixed. Kurt Olson, thanks so much for being with us here on The Great America Show.
0: Thank you, Lou. Always a pleasure.
1: Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Please be with us tomorrow on The Great America Show when our guest here will be Mike Davis, the head of the Article Three Project. He's an advocate and supporter of conservative constitutionalist federal judges and justices. Please join us right here tomorrow. Till then, thank you and God bless you. And may God bless. America. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars,
0: electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator